CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via telehealth and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open and lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, you all know about every episode, we're giving away free, healthy stuff for all you listeners. So today, we're giving away a free functional medicine telehealth consultation with my telehealth clinic. And I oversee all the cases and I'm an active part of all patient care and curating and customizing protocols and clinically monitoring and managing and investigating every single case. So for a chance to win, head on over to my Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And in my newest post, comment what you loved most about today's episode. Something you learned, something you found interesting, fascinating that you didn't know before, or refresh your memory in the newest picture. And then randomly, I'll be picking a winner from all of you that commented on that post. All right, good luck. Let's get to today's guest. His name is Dr. Paul Savage. He is the founder and CEO of MD Lifespan. A born investigator with a keen curiosity and determination to improve his health, he researched and explored every method and treatment that promised positive results. Lifestyle changes, nutrition, supplements, hormones, IV therapy, stem cell therapy, and now even more. This episode is going to blow your mind. Let's get right to it. This is Dr. Paul Savage's Art of Being Well. Dr. Paul Savage, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Will. Really nice to be here. So as we're recording this, I'm in my telehealth center. It's like normal human living uh, awake hours. For you, it's 1.30 in the morning across the world. So thanks for taking the time so much and, and staying up f- for me. <laughs> for you, Will, anything. This is a <laughs> pleasure to be here today. For sure. So 
Let's talk about it. This is gonna be a masterclass in all things longevity. People are gonna to wanna to take notes, maybe rewind this episode, listen to it again, share it with a friend, because they're gonna definitely, they're gonna learn things they've never heard before. I'd like to start with your story because what I know about it, I think a lot of people will find themselves to varying degrees in the situation that you were at in your late 30s. Can you go back to that time? It will inspire people, I think, to let them know that they're, capable of so much more without doubt that's the truth because you know i became a doctor in my late 20s and within just a few years i was uh, in the largest trauma center in the world and i worked there for a number of years and if you came in during the night shift uh, in detroit that was me so uh, my first part of medicine was in emergency medicine prior to that you know i was more the studious type i was never the athletic type and I had a metabolism where I could go out and eat and drink anything I wanted. So I never really checked any of that stuff. But then after 10 years in the emergency room, I find myself at 38. I'm 275 pounds. I smoke. I drink too much. I'm on the night shift. I have hypertension. I have prediabetes. I have a heart disease, cholesterol issues, obesity, anxiety, narcolepsy, depression. Go down the list. I mean, I had this huge list. Went to see my doctor and he was going to put me on my seventh medicine. And I realized for the first time in my life that I was in trouble. And the thing that startled me is I was pretty high up the food chain in the emergency world. How could I be there and, and get to here and put myself in this kind of situation? Having taken care of people every night with strokes and heart attacks and all these things. And it was a real wake up call. I mean, and then what really stunned me more than anything is. I didn't know how to undo it. Mm -hmm. I never was exercising. I never ate well. I never, you know, I, I knew, okay, I got to quit smoking. Okay, I got to quit drinking. I'm a pretty heavy drinker because you're on the night shift. That's how you get to sleep in the morning. And, you know, as you know, drug addiction, alcoholism is pretty high in the medical field. It's just a lot of stress mm -hmm. there. So what I did was found a trainer and found a nutritionist, worked out with them for six months. At the end of six months, I'm 13 pounds fatter. So I'm over 280 pounds off, hadn't lost any weight doing everything they said, what's going on here? And a bodybuilder walked by me one day to go, you need testosterone because I was bemoaning. And all of a sudden I was like, hey, are you kidding me? That's dangerous stuff. I mean, that causes heart attacks and prostate cancer. And this was in the late 90s. And the more I thought about it, the more I started thinking, I was like, you know what? That actually makes sense because I didn't have erections. I didn't have a libido. I was tired all the time. I had anxiety. I checked my testosterone level and it was 92 now, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew it was on the low, low end of the scale. It meant it was very low. And I went to my doctor and said, hey, I think I need testosterone. He goes, oh, no, we don't do that. That's against the law. What do you mean it's against the law? It's against the law in the 90s to prescribe guys who didn't have a medical indication to get testosterone because it was in the Anti-Steroid Abuse Act. Well, there's ways around that. And I found some doctors who would prescribe it for me. And Within six months, I'm dropping 70 pounds of fat. I'm putting on 30 pounds of muscle. My lights are coming on. My energy is coming on. My confidence is coming on. My blood pressure is going down. My customer, And also, I'm like, what the hell? This, How can this be so good for me and be illegal? And so that got my journey started into this field of longevity. So in the early 2000s, I set out to start building centers to treat guys and within three, four months, I met a wonderful lady named Suzanne Summers. If anybody remembers the actress, she tracked me down. And she goes, I hear you're doing it for your guys. You need to do it for my women, too. And by the way, you do it for my women. I'll put in my book and you do it for the women and they'll bring you the guys. And she's one of the brightest, nicest women I've ever met. 
fast food bites, started doing that. And within five years, I had 50 clinics throughout the United States. And we were giving hormones to guys and women and against the curve, against, that's where I started realizing medicine taught me a lot. It gave me a lot of good information, but it did not give me all the information. Matter of fact, there's a lot of information out there that were not taught in medical school. So that's when I just started making it my mission to not only build centers and help people, because that's my primary goal is giving people's lives more moments. And we'll talk about what that means, mm -hmm. but it's been a wonderful journey. I've had a great time. I built the clinics. I built the industry software. I helped establish the stem cell centers. I've been involved in every aspect of longevity for over 30 years. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you are a leader in longevity. And I'm so excited. I'm thinking of all the thousands and thousands of people listening to this episode right now, getting to learn from such a pioneer in longevity. And I think about like years ago, I wrote an article about living until you're a hundred years old. And I remember it was just the title of it. I'd got so much feedback from comments on social media saying, why would I ever want to live to a hundred years old? Because they think of what a hundred looks like typically. And you hear people, we're living longer now, we're living longer now, but it's not necessarily a good quality life. You're in a nursing home, you're alone, you're sick, you're immobile. So can you kind of shed light on why that isn't what you're talking about here and the difference between health span and lifespan? That's you brought you, you let in with the perfect two words. The goal of longevity medicine is to decrease your health span. What we know about today's society is that the United States has the highest rate of chronic disease of any country in the world, period. The last 10 years of everybody's life is filled with medical problems and issues. And you don't spend a lot of good quality in those last few years. So your golden years are no longer golden. They're more like rusted years. The goal that we know can happen, and it's been proved time and time again, if you look at all the blue zone areas, which are areas around the world, that people live to be 100 and they're healthy and they're active and they're engaged and all it can happen. It is possible. The question is building the path from here to there. So when we talk about longevity, we're talking about health span, making sure your health span stays healthy as long as you stay alive. That's why, you know, my main goal the vision I've always had is giving life more moments. It's not giving you bad moments. It's giving mm -hmm. you healthy, strong, wonderful moments. Because isn't that what we base our life on? Is the memories of all these things that we've done and all these events that we've had. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the data show? What's your professional opinion? I've heard different statistics thrown out there over the years, but what's the average years of life lost because of how we're living our life? Are you talking per person? It's it's about 10% of your life. If you live to 80, that's eight years. That's, that's a lot of years that you lost. And that's just years, let alone health span, which is even more. I see people in their 30s, in their 30s, fatigued, low libido, erectile dysfunction. I mean, it's fair to say it's happening younger and younger, right? 100%. And there's a lot of reasons that we know why that's occurring. So let's go over. What are the top reasons? Why are we seeing these, what you would see as like later in life problems happening to people in their 30s and 40s? The nutritional chain is falling. That means the nutritional value of food is 40% of what it was 40 years ago. The activity of every individual is falling. Your activity rate is 40% less than what it was 40 years ago. And we know that the toxicities in the environment are messing everything up. And it's really scary, Will, when you understand that the United States has a policy. 
there's 45,000 things that they banned that you can't put in food. But you know, everywhere else in the world, what they do is they give a rule of the 13 things you can put in food. If it's not on that list, they can put it in it. So what we're seeing in the United States is a disproportional increase in toxicities. And we're talking about heavy metals, we're talking about plastics, we're talking about pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. It used to be 30 years ago when I started seeing people and I did test them for toxicities 30 years ago and I wouldn't see any. And then all of a sudden, 2012, 2013, 2015, suddenly nobody's negative anymore. Everybody has toxicity. Now, it's not a matter of if you have toxicities, it's how many and which ones. Yeah, that's true. I, I see labs every day. I, I can't tell you it's exactly that. How much and which ones? I mean, the glyphosate, I mean, I, can you talk about that for a moment? I see glyphosate, high glyphosate levels on a daily basis. And that's just one thing. Everybody has Roundup. If people don't know what that is, it's Roundup. It's in everything. There's a couple that are in everybody. Atrazine. It was one of the first herbicides used and it's in everybody. And it's been linked 100% to obesity. You know, you wonder, everybody wonders, why is the United States fatter than everybody else in the world? Toxicities. It's the way the body stores stuff out of the way. It puts it into fat cells. So if you got a lot of toxicity, you need more fat to hide the stuff in because that's at least one way the body buffers itself from all these toxicities. So you look at atrazine, you look at Roundup, and the list goes on. It's, when you start looking at the DD, add a letter, DDT, DDE, DDNs, which is you know, all the insecticide everybody's got. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what to do about it. We're talking about loss of health span and lifespan here. Let's start with labs. What are your favorite labs people should be running to learn about health span? Like what's their age? That's a real tough question because here's kind of how I work with everybody is everybody comes in and they get an evaluation. And the most important thing isn't the labs, it's the history. It's what their lifestyle is, what their family history is, what their story is. Because based on that is how you start determining where to start in the longevity program for them. Because if I get a guy like you who's healthy, been energetic, doing well, you're going to have a different starting point than the guy who comes in who's 50, who's overweight, who's tired all the time, and he just doesn't have a libido, and he just and he has brain fog. I mean, those are they, they, they all start different ways. So phase one is always about talking about your diet and your exercise and talking about your toxicities. It talks about your stress, your sleep. It talks about your detoxifications. So when I start doing labs on people, what I'm going to really look at is inflammatory markers, things like CRP, sed rate. I'm looking at oxidative markers. People sometimes don't know the difference between oxidation and inflammation. I always say oxidation is the fire that burns and inflammation is the heat that the fire causes. And we can measure those different things because the oxidation is what we are. We oxidize food. We burn food. We burn energy, but you can also overburn in a lot of different ways that causes too much fire. And if you don't have enough of the firemen, the antioxidants to keep them under control, you literally burn out of control and all things start spinning out of control because oxidation, inflammation, and glycation, glycation is sugar. Those are the three major things that cause people to age quicker than anything. So the favorite labs to do, I'm going to start with the heart profile and I'm talking about particles. Your cholesterol is a useless number. Take it from one of the top ER docs in the country. Cholesterol numbers don't mean anything. But if you're looking at the particles that carry the cholesterol and how they get changed when they get exposed to oxidation, inflammation, and glycation by becoming a 
small, dense, hard little bullet particles, those is a valuable number. So always know what your small, dense particles are. You want to know what your inflammatory markers are, and the oxidative markers, as I said. You want to know how well you're detoxing, so like homocysteines and other things like that. You want to know your hormone numbers, and this is very important. It is important to get them done early as well as later. Now, the reason I say that is because before I became a doctor, I'm a mathematician, I'm a, I'm a statistician, I'm also a computer guy, so I did the reference ranges. I'm the guy who's out in the street poking people's fingers and making those numbers. And I know how those numbers are being misused by doctors all the time, which is why people all say, you know, I went to see my doctor. I had these issues. He tells me all my labs were normal. No, they're not. Because if you're symptomatic, those labs aren't normal. And that's a totally different conversation. But you need to know your thyroid numbers. You need to know your cortisol, your DHEA. You need to know your insulin numbers and, you know, your hormones, your testosterone, your estrogen, your progesterone, both for men and for women. Estrogen is important for guys. Testosterone is important for women. Let's not be sexist here because testosterone is huge for women. I think women don't know that women have 10 times more testosterone than they have estradiol. Guys have to have 400 times more than estradiol because estradiol is that powerful. There's a lot you know we do with toxicity. So a toxicity screen is huge. And not only the chemicals, well, you also have to do the organic which is the viruses and the parasites and the lines. There are two types of toxins. Your inorganics, which are heavy metals, chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, plastics. And then you have the organic ones, things that are alive. So you have the viruses and the bacterium. And the, you need to know those panels because that's going to tell you what your immune system is doing. And then talking about your immune system, you don't want to get a regular CBC, which is just telling what your white count is. You want a full... TB, natural killer cell workup. So we're looking at the CD3, the CD4, CD8, CD56. Those things matter because they will tell me what's going on in your body. I mean, if you're going to look at one number that everybody always says about longevity, it's going to be hemoglobin A1C, which is the sugar. The second number, though, is going to be your immune system mm-hmm. and your CD3. How many warriors you have out there fighting off the bad guys? Because when they start to decline and they do earlier and early enough, that's when cancer, influenza, COVID, pneumonia, and sepsis, five of the top 10 that kill you, bitches because your immune system has faltered. Why does your immune system falter? Toxicities. Again, mm-hmm. you're only as healthy as the environment your cells live in. And it's up to you to keep them clean. Well, deep wisdom right there. So people go back and listen to that right there and write it down. I, I want to touch on this point. You touched on it briefly, but I'd like to go back there is the importance of being proactive. Cause I think that many people think it's human nature, right? It's procrastination. It's especially in your twenties, you think you're invincible and that's something, oh, the, the 40 year olds or whatever, someone older than you <laughs> needs to worry about. But can you talk about why people need to be thinking about longevity in their twenties? Very simply, it's easier to retain what you have than regain what you lost. It's that simple. So Keep your weight down, keep your muscle up, keep your hormones healthy, keep your environment clean, keep your poops good, keep your brain clear. When you start to become 50 and 60 and suddenly you learn you have bone loss, significant bone loss, as many women do, it's hard to put real bone back on. But we can with testosterone and estrogen and growth hormone. And also some of the women need short terms of those bifosphatates just to make sure they don't break a hip while we're building it up again. But it's work. And trust me, you're talking to the guy who had to quit smoking, quit drinking, had to learn how to exercise, 
had to learn how to lose weight, how to be healthy, how to stay healthy, how to protect my sleep, how to manage my stress. It's been a wonderful journey for me for 30 years because the greatest part about it is what I've learned. And I had everything wrong. I know that there've been some amazing advancements speaking of labs in early cancer detection. Can you talk about what's the latest advancements in diagnostic testing for early cancer detection? Well, cancer is the number 2 and it's and it's crazy going up fast. In 50 years we we've, we've lost the battle of cancer. We haven't gained an inch on cancer. And that's mm-hmm. what people are like, well what do we do? The best way to fight cancer is to catch it early. And that's where we have to take it just a few minutes to understand that the difference between a normal cell and a cancer cell is when a normal cell has the DNA damage because multiple times replicating ultraviolet lights, toxins, trauma, viruses, all sorts of things damage your DNA. But when that DNA breaks in this one spot that tells the cell how to die, then you got cancer because the cells need to die when they become so bent out of shape that they're no longer listening to anybody. But when they don't and they lose that ability to die, that's what the definition of cancer is, a cell that is immortal. It doesn't die. Why is that a problem? Because now every time it replicates, there's more of it and more and more. But the interesting thing is when the cancer starts and the cancer life cycle is when it starts until you die, it just grows and grows and grows. Until you're about 50% of the way through the cancer life cycle, even our earliest tests that we currently do for preventative cancer screening, like mammograms and pap smears and colonoscopies and skin exams and PSA. They don't detect it until you're 50% through the cancer life cycle. And if you don't catch it here, you're going to be 85% of the way through the cancer life cycle before you become symptomatic. And by that's why the time you become symptomatic and we haven't caught it, that's why it's always, what's wrong? Stage three, stage four. The reason is because nobody caught it in the first half. And quite honestly, it was that way for a long time. I always wondered as a mathematician, why can't we get a blood test that tells you if you have cancer? I mean, doesn't that just make sense? And the answer is they, they do now. We do. We have a couple of really good companies. My favorite company is a company out of Greece called RGCC. Your listeners can log into there and look at all doctors around the United States that offer that test. Because what that does is when those cells become cancer, what happens when the DNA changes and they become no longer able to die? The cell is the, the membrane, the cell membrane starts to change and proteins develop on that membrane that weren't there before. And then we started detecting those in the blood. And there's a number of those proteins, CD31s and CD133s and PAN-CKs. And we don't need to go over the list. There's dozens and dozens of them. And then eventually, suddenly you start seeing stem cells of cancer in your blood really early on, which totally blew our mind because we didn't think we would see that until way late in the cancer. We're like, now it's going to start metastasizing. Wrong, folks. It starts metastasizing within months of developing. And you start seeing these cells in the blood, but we never could detect them before. But now we have computers that can detect them one cell per milliliter. We can now see. We can see one cancer cell. And it doesn't matter. We can see cancer cells of all sorts of different various types. So when you start seeing those cancer cells and those markers change, you got stuff going on. And you're way over here. The nice thing about that is when it's way over here, the cancer continues to grow and divide, and that means it mutates more. And every once in a million, it's going to get a mutation that actually helps the cancer. It makes it avoid the immune system, or it makes it find out how it can actually replicate faster or not die even more if that's possible. And then at, over time, it starts ruining all these tricks. That's why when you get way over here, it has hundreds of tricks to keep it alive. 
over here, it's sissy, it's wimpy, it's fragile, and you can take it out so easy, but you got to get it over here. So that's why I think the cancer liquid biopsy, they're called, is probably one of the most important tests that people can do because, let's be honest, cancer sucks. It's scary. And the vast majority of cancers that people get, we don't even know. I mean, those screening tests we do for guys and women, they only account for about 30 to 40% of the cancers that kill you. The majority of them we never test for because we haven't had the technology until now. People are like, well, is this technology reliable? Yes. It's been around for 17 years in Greece. This is a very good company. And even in the United States, there's a company called Gallery, and it's called the Grail. And Mayo is now testing this out on people to see how it can change the course of cancer, which is if you want to beat cancer, don't try to cure it. Kill it. And by the time, as you mentioned, by the time conventionally most people are finding these things, it is really difficult, if not, you know, too late. And it didn't happen overnight. I mean, it's really these things are oftentimes not just cancer, but chronic degenerative issues as a whole have taken years to get to where it's at now. So would you recommend the average person based on their family history, I guess, some people consider in their 20s even getting early cancer detection? I recommend everybody as early as 20 getting annual testing cancer by the and there's a reason why i prefer that they can go to the website I, I wrote a recent article about the advantages of rgcc over grail but I'm, i mean this is something that once you catch it early if you catch it early you're gonna catch it with just some markers or just with a few cells at that point it's easy to change the microenvironment myself my test was positive five years ago not surprising all the smoking i did way back in the er haven't smoked for 20 years here comes these positive markers, looks like lung cancer. And then what we did for me is put me on an anti-inflammatory, an antioxidant, and a, a couple of medicines that help change the immune system be a little bit stronger. Six months later, it's negative. I checked it six months after that, it's negative. We did that for two years, and now I've tested every year since, and I'm still negative. Wow, that's remarkable. Yeah. So this is going to be a natural question that people have is, okay, what's the top thing? We'll get into some of the, the cutting edge treatments that I, I know that you are a pioneer in, but like, what are the basic, you mentioned eating an anti-inflammatory diet, nutrient density, and some of the things you took. So tell us what you did. It's just what you said is changing the diet to be very low meat, lots of vegetables, lots of good oils, a very anti-inflammatory, a very, very low oxidative diet, very dense, nutritious food for six months out. I want your readers to understand, I love chocolate cake. I'll have a piece of pizza. It's not like I'm not doing those things, but they become a treat. It's, and I have, you know, just my normal routine. And after you do that normal routine for a while, it's, it works really well. Cursetin is the unsung hero of killing cancer early. But the trick is you don't want to take it all the time because what you want to do is save it so that when the cancer test occurs positive, the cancer is going to be sensitive to the cursetin. If you're always taking cursetin, then the cancer turns, you get a cancer, it's going to be resistant. The cursing So people are like, oh, I'm going to start taking cursing. Nope, 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 nope. Don't do that. Save that one in your back pocket for when you have it. Another one is capsicum, which is the red pepper. That's the that makes red pepper hot. The other thing is green tea, especially the extract. Those things are awesome cancer killers, but you don't want to take them every day because what you're going to do is select out a cancer that's resistant to those things. Keep that in your back pocket. 
Got it. So let's talk about the meat real fast. Obviously, I've talked about this in the podcast before, and there's different opinions, different viewpoints. I, I just, I, to me, I look at bioindividuality as a whole, and right. there are people that have gene variants, like the APOE gene variants, that should be mindful of diversifying their fats. Are, are you an advocate for a strictly plant-based diet, or what's your findings? What's your experience there? You know, one of the things is I'm the how-to guy in longevity medicine, because, you know, you can look at Bryce Johnson, the billionaire who spends all the money he does every year, $2 million yes. stuff, and he's very OCD and he's very, that us regular, us regular people, we can't do that. That's not the way life works. So what you have to do is start understanding where the gives and where the takes are. So one of the things I tell people, yeah, I do do intermittent fasting. I eat once, maybe twice a day. I usually don't eat until 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then if I'm still hungry in the evening, maybe a couple hours before bed, I'll have a smaller meal. The vast majority of my meal, I start out with a salad of some type with multiple different vegetables. I switch them up with the season. So in the fall, I'm going to be having more pumpkins and spinaches. And you know, and in the spring, I'm going to have more berries. And just you got to mix those things up. There's a reason that the body wants to alternate these things throughout the season it's anti-cancer when you rotate your food because it's not going to be there then it's there then it's gone again and that's what your body likes your body wants you to mix it up all the time i'm not opposed to food the problem is making sure you get food that's relatively clean you know fish that is not farm raised i mean there's a couple of working choices vital choice is one of my favorite places to send people to get good food because they actually measure a metric ton of fish every month and they send it off and they get a report and they say, we're good. North Fork for bison, there's their Omaha steaks are a good company. They, you know, if you're going to have beef, I'm not the one that says don't eat beef. I like a good steak. I'm just not going to eat it every day. So I do want protein in my meal. I do really stay away from processed food. If it comes in a bag, a box or a bottle, I'm probably not going to eat it. I mean, I will go to the vegetable aisle and wash the vegetables really good or get a vegetable wash. That's very good. I will get I will get eggs. I will get farm-raised chicken. Luckily, we live out in Michigan, and all I have to do is go over to my neighbors and how many chickens you want, how many eggs you want. Great, we're all set. Uh, but it is worth people's time and effort to do that. And then finding a good butcher, which we also have, is important because you do not want to buy the meat that's in the grocery store. You just don't. It's not good meat. And if you're going to eat something, let's try not to put a whole bunch of bad stuff in you at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned some supplements we may want to do when we need it, maybe cyclically, therapeutically for seasons of your life and not like an everyday thing. What's your recommendation, if any, of supplements people should be taking from a maintenance standpoint every day? So a very good multivitamin is essential. Because again, our food doesn't have the nutrients that it used to have. I should preface this though, Will, by saying is in the phase two of people in their longevity pathway, what I do is I actually test the nutrient absorption so that I actually know, because it's all very individualized. But starting out, the gestalt is mostly everybody to some degree is low on magnesium and vitamin Bs and zinc and you know to degree copper. So everybody needs a good multivitamin. There's a number of them out there that are good. And the vast majority of them are not. Having built the guy, the guy who built the software for the whole industry of integrated medicine, we had 45,000 supplements we measured on 6 million people over the course of seven years. I'll tell you that about 3% of the companies out there make good vitamins. 97% don't. So 
patients need to understand metagenics, orthomolecular design for health, Zymogen, Thorn, Nordic Naturals, Carlson's. There's a lot of good companies out there. Do yourself a favor. Allergy research, you need to put those in there. Do yourself a favor. Buy those. They're great vitamins. They're going to give you what you need. Matter of fact, most of them on life extension, not all, but the vast majority on life extension are also high quality stuff. A good oil, if you don't get enough oils, so any kind of omega or omega fish oil, including the DHA, because we need that for the brain. But I'd say one of my favorite ones is NAD. Everybody needs NAD as they're getting older. People don't may not know what NAD is. The mitochondria are the little batteries in your cells that generate energy. How do they do that? Well, they take a chemical called ADP, which is a adenine triphosphate, and they bust off a phosphorus. And when they do this, explosion of energy goes out, and this energy explosion is caught by this bucket called NAD. And NAD carries that energy to the cell so that it can use it in all the different functions. The problem is the mitochondria don't make the NAD, the buckets. We do. And as we get older, we make less buckets. And as we make less buckets, that energy just expands and never gets delivered. So NAD is one of the essentials as we get older. And, you know, the NAVIB, we can talk about that, oral NAD. There are a couple good NAD supplements out there. My favorite is the one by Genfinity, J-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-I. And they have a great product with research. We've done research with them on our thousands of patients and just showed this is one of the oral supplements that actually brings up your NAD level relatively well. And then I'd say the other ones that I'd have to say as a general for everybody is there has to be an anti-inflammatory worked in there. So I might do quercetin for people for a little while, and then I might switch them to turmeric. I might switch them to one of the other anti-inflammatories. And then glutathione. It's the strongest antioxidant we have. We burn through it because of all the toxicities we have. So I would say those are probably the top five things for people. Yeah, all great ones. A few things that I know are hot topics in our space, in the longevity space, but just general, you know, health and wellness too. People want to know about peptides. Like what what are your thoughts on peptides? And if you like any, what are the top peptides you've been loving? Well, again, peptides are essentially very useful, especially as we get older, because we're not generating these hormones because they're pre-hormones and hormones, pro-hormones. As we get older, the gland that make our hormones decline with age. Now, if you treat your body well and you don't make it toxic and you get plenty of sleep and you do all the things that you should start at an early age, you're gonna go into your 60s or 70s with some pretty good hormone levels. However, that's not the real world that we live in. That's not what we're seeing. People haven't really done that well enough. So what we start seeing is this decline in hormones earlier than we ever had previously, including the peptides. So there are certain things that you can measure, you know, with bone loss, with muscle loss, uh, with fat gain, with early injuries, plenty of injuries, looking at the immune system. So when you go down that list with my favorite peptide, wow, that's a tough question because there's a lot of great peptides out there. BPC-157 is one of my favorites. I use it for my athletes and for anybody who's training and when you, you know, or anybody going to have surgery, you know, let's get that started beforehand and use it. For you know, months, weeks, months afterwards, you'll see when my in the programs that I do with people, it's about rotations. So you don't want to keep people on stuff all the time, even the hormones. I cycle them up. I, you know, I, I give them what we call hormone holidays that the cells reset, all these different things. So BPC is one that I use and then pull back and use. CJC and Impermelon, I think, are is an incredibly strong one for people because growth hormone is the hormone that builds our muscles. 
builds a connective tissue, does amazing things for burning fat, and it declines as we get age. And the big argument people have about hormones and peptides and growth hormone is, but they cause cancer. And I say, no, let's be clear here. Hormones don't cause cancer. Toxins, viruses, radiation, multiple replication, that causes cancer. Hormones are growth factors, and they make everything grow, including cancer. So you do have to watch for any of the hormones that you're doing the cancer screening and the RGCC and making sure because the cancer shows up, again, you got to change the program around. But up to that point, most of the research, including testosterone growth hormones, show that it doesn't cause cancer. But if you get cancer, it's probably going to be a less aggressive type, which is people are like, what? And, and, and so, but then you need to go off it. So this thing about longevity program is always rotational. But the peptides, BPC-157, CJC, and permelin, I loved TA1, thymosin alpha-1. They took it off the market, those damn feds. It was the most researched, most used. It was an incredible, because the thymus is what makes your immune system really tickle. We used it for a lot of different people, for a lot of different reasons, for my chronic infection people, for my chronic toxicity people, and they took it off the market, which is, that was my number one favorite. PT-141, because it just brings back your sex drive. Testosterone might get, get you hard, but PT-141 is what makes you horny. And, you know, as we get older, sex is a great activity and also it's a stress reliever and improves your sleep and uh, it's an exercise. I mean, it's like, let's keep having sex into our 80s or 90s and fast that because it's good for you. It's just healthy. I've seen all those be game changers in people's yeah. health. And I agree with you. It should be used cyclically and and it's part of a larger healthy lifestyle. We're right. just saying inject with peptides. And you kind of started the conversation with some hormone replacement therapy. Testosterone was a major improvement for you. Who should be doing HRT? And what's the best kind? People hear about bioidentical and they have a lot of questions around that. Who should be using it and what's the best kinds? So who should be using it? People who are symptomatic should be using it. I mean, and that's getting through an evaluation because once, let's be real clear. It's not the numbers, folks. It's not your testosterone's in the lower quarter. It's, it's not that you're, you're blah, 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 blah. Your body tells you you're low on something, you have symptoms. It is not normal. It's not healthy to have symptoms. If you have symptoms, by definition, you're not healthy. So let's start there. So I'm looking at women and maybe early on in their life, even their 20s are having a lot of heavy periods and they're having weight gain and they're having irritability and anxiety. Those women are low on progesterone by the symptoms. Which hormones do I want to give them? That depends. On a younger woman, although I don't like the prostitutes, which are the synthetic progesterones that we use a birth control pill, it may be a little bit more risky, but keeping them from getting pregnant in the part of life that they don't, it's a, it's a conversation that's worth having. So I'm not anti-birth control pills, as many naturalists are, because you have to look at the risk-benefit ratio. But in the, you know, women start losing their testosterone in their 30s. So that's when their libido goes down, their muscle mass goes down, their bone mass starts to lose, their, their, their strength, their emotional strength starts to go away. Testosterone for a woman is strength. It's her emotional, physical, mental, and sexual strength. And when women lose testosterone, not only do they not have libido or orgasms, they now stop managing stress as well. Things overwhelm them more than they used to. I, I have women frequently tell me, you know, Dr. Savage, I, I cry at movies now. I never cried at movies before. That's near emotional strength's not there. I have a fight with my husband and it shuts me down for days. And that's your emotional strength again. So 
Testosterone is when they become symptomatic, which may be in their 30s, progesterone or premenopause, that's in your 40s for women, estrogen finally in your 50s, sometimes it's happening earlier. And guys, it's their testosterone. And the answer to that question is, what are you doing to keep it up? You know, you got to eat well, you got to exercise, keep your visceral fat down. That's the fat that's inside the abdominal cavity. If you're going to buy yourself two equipments at home, buy yourself an aura ring and buy yourself a Wi-Fi weight loss that's going to tell you what your body fat percent is because I don't care how much you weigh. I care how much fat you have. And if you get one that has a visceral fat calibrator, that's the best because that's the number that you want to lose is your visceral mm-hmm. fat. I mean, when I was... 38, I had a 43-inch waist. Not, and now I'm 32. I mean, I, I feel great. You know, not bad for a 60-something-year-old. So the guys need to be put on testosterone based upon their symptoms. You know, Abraham Morgan Taylor, who is the head urologist at Harvard, published a white paper in 2016 about testosterone, the fundamental uses of testosterone. What he did was put out nine markers for guys in testosterone. Number one, it's epidemic worldwide. Number two, stop treating the numbers treat the symptom. Number three, there is no age barrier. You're never too young or too old to be put on testosterone. Number four, it doesn't cause prostate cancer. Matter of fact, it lowers your rate of prostate cancer. And when you do get it, it's the weaker kind because it's testosterone dependent. That means you've been taking testosterone. So the cancer selected into a field with a lot of testosterone. So now you put your testosterone back, prostate cancer dies because it was dependent on the testosterone. It's just so much good work that he did that showing that testosterone linked to metabolic syndrome. You know, that's where you have diabetes and hypertension and obesity and hydroglycerides, which is a huge problem for guys because it puts us at a significant risk for heart disease. So who based on your symptoms? I love that. This this is good stuff. I'm eating this up and I know everybody else is as well. I gotta, I gotta tell people that really, I stop looking at the numbers. Stop it. Stop it. If you have symptoms of low testosterone and you go to your doctor and he says your numbers are in the normal range, find another doctor because those are not the numbers you want to look at. Plus, there's so many things that interfere with those numbers. If your estrogen is high, which he didn't check, your testosterone would be low. If your mm-hmm. cortisol is high, which he didn't check, your testosterone would be low. If you have toxins and you're making a lot of sex hormone binding globulin because you have all these toxins, it's also binding up your testosterone. And your testosterone free level is going to be low. I mean, there's just so many variables on this. I want guys to stop looking at the testosterone levels. And if you're going to go and get a level of testosterone, go do a 24-hour urine test. That is mm-hmm. only gold standard one that I will accept that that test is your low. But you don't need that. Morgan Taylor showed. Treat the symptoms, not the numbers. So free fraction hormones, you like urine urine if you're going to run any of them i do run them well i mean but i know how to interpret them so i don't interpret them like oh your testosterone level is 660 so you're normal so you're good right. to go. you give me any because when i looked at your binding protein at 75 and now your free level is 6.2 okay so that's a totally different number right i love that so the context is important and something that you mentioned earlier because my mind goes okay yes symptoms like how is the person feeling looking at numbers if you know how to interpret them. And you mentioned hormone holidays, which I think is really important. And having, like my thought is, okay, those receptor sites, right? And and having exogenous hormones. So can you go to explain why a hormone holiday for people that are in hormone replacement therapy may be a good idea? The place to start with patients is telling them it has nothing to do with the hormone. It has everything to do with the receptor. The receptor is a little dish that sits on the cell that looks for that hormone. And when it sees it, it sends a signal to the cell to do something. So in testosterone's cases, 
get bigger, build or drive or whatever the testosterone does. But when your body has a system that is working functionally correct, it knows how to up the level, down the level, up the, based on your symptoms, your, whether you got an infection, whether you got a lot of stress, whether you had enough sleep, all these things, your body knows how to equilibrate it within very fine parameters so that the receptors never get overwhelmed because when your receptors get overwhelmed with too much hormone, the receptors are pulled in. The cell doesn't want that much signal. So eventually the cell has very few receptors, which means it's listening to nothing. The classic example is insulin resistance. When you have too much sugar and too much insulin, and the insulin's telling all the fat cells, take more sugar, take it and hide it, take it and store it, take it and get rid of it, put it somewhere. And eventually the fat cells get so big, it just pulls all the receptors in. So it doesn't listen to your insulin anymore and you become insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. Same thing with testosterone. When you're dosing guys with testosterone for long periods of time, their cells can become resistant. They just do. You're never going to get the exact dose all the time because some weeks they need more, some weeks they need less. And eventually what you're going to do in most of the cases is you're going to cause some level of receptor down, down regulation, which what you want to do is just go off the hormones for four, six, eight weeks, give the receptors a time to rebuild. Actually, your listeners should know I'm in the middle of my six-week holiday right now. So, I mean, I, I, I still feel good. I don't feel terrible because I do all the other stuff too, but yeah, I'm in the, I'm, I'm going to look forward to starting on the testosterone again because my libido is certainly less strong than what it's been in previous times. Got it. This is good stuff. So I have to ask you about therapeutic plasma exchange. This is a game-changing therapy that you're the leader in this space. So what is it? Why should people care about it? You and I both know health, the five tenets of health is exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress, and detox which we don't do well in Western medicine. Now, you come to see me, the first two weeks you're going to do a detox. I don't care who you are, you're going to do a detox because everybody needs one. And if you haven't done it this year, let's go do it anyway. So I don't say everybody, but 99% of my patients, we're going to try to convince them that we have a nutritionist, we'll walk you through our program. It's, a, it's an excellent program for people to detox. In the 30 years I've been in this field, I've made a lot of progress on nutrition, on nutritional measurement, on the microbiome, on how these things work with inflammation. So I can really work with that. On exercise, the hormones, the peptides, the different measurements that I can do, the exercising, the nutrition that you need. I've done a lot with exercise. Sleep. I do tons of stuff with sleep. Another peptide, one of my favorite ones is the sleep peptide. But there's a lot of things that I can do with sleep. And the interesting, when you get the diet, the exercise, and sleep take care suddenly the stress one isn't so hard to manage anymore, right? Because that kind of is a lot of, depending on the first three, but detox, that's always been an issue because people, no matter what kind of longevity doctor you are, you're watching these people just slowly get more and more toxic over time. Even if you're doing detox programs, infrared saunas, if you're doing ozone therapy for people with organic toxins, if you're doing chelation therapy, it just, there's, so much you can do, it's just hard because there's so many things that are introduced to us now that our body never knew how to get rid of that it became frustrating. Now, you, your readers may not know, I retired in August of 2022. I said, okay, I've done my share. I've had a great spin. This is wonderful. And then three weeks later, a study came out that we've been waiting for for 17 years talking about plasma exchange. Where this started was these PhDs, Stanford PhDs took two mice. Your listeners may have heard about this. The old gray fat arthritic mouse 
human age equivalent of 70, and the young, healthy, lean brown mouse, human equivalent age of 20, and they tied the circulation system of these two animals together, so they shared the same circulation. And within a month, the old 70-year-old mouse age equivalent turned to 50, reverse time. Fat went down, muscle fibers went up, liver fibers went up, brain fibers went up, acuity went up. I mean, it was just like, what the heck just happened here? And for a long time, people were trying to figure out what it was in the young mouse that made the old mouse young. Seven years, this study was repeated all around the world. People invested billions of dollars, literally, looking for that particle that made this animal young. And what they finally found out seven years later is they couldn't find it. And then someone told the researchers very brightly, you're looking at the wrong mouse. It's not what's in the young mouse that's making the old mouse young. It's what's in the old mouse that's making the old mouse old. Ding, 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 inflammation, oxidation, glycation, toxins. Oh my gosh, it's everything. So there's a process in medicine. It's been around for 50 years. I usually use it in the emergency room for drug overdoses where you take the blood out, you separate it into the two components, the plasma, which is the liquid, and the cells, like the red blood cells and the white blood cells. And then you throw the plasma away and you put the cells back in with some albumin, which is another protein that your body uses, keeps the vascular space open, and you give it back to the person and you basically removed all that toxic plasma, the plasma which is carrying all the toxicity. And when they did that to the mouse, the older mouse, ding, 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 age reversed. Wow. Mm. It took us eight years from 2012 to 2020 before we were able to do it on people, as you remember, working through stuff, and a very good doctor, a very good apheresis doctor, he's not a longevity doctor, he's an apheresis doctor named Dobry Kiparov, took six older patients in their 60s and put them through an apheresis process over the course of five months, checking their biomarkers on the front end and their biomarkers on the back end. What he saw after five months was inflammation drop, oxidation dropped, sciescence, which is those sleeping zombie cells, dropped, cancer markers dropped, and the immune system took off and just 20, 30, 40% stronger, and the Alzheimer's markers dropped. So all of a sudden, all these things that we see with age suddenly reverse with plasma exchange. I saw that article and I knew instantly what it was saying because being a mathematician, being in longevity for 30 years, they made the comment that we, more research needs to understand why this is happening. It's happening because in medicine, we always talk about what we're going to give you. How about talking about what we're going to take away? Because that's as or more important. That's what detox is. So plasma change is a way of detoxing somebody thoroughly. Now, I've been in this field for 30 years. I got into it because I watched hormones transform people. You've seen that. People out there, your listeners, they, they've experienced that. The people who've done peptides. They've seen that experience. They've seen how it's transformed, how they've done stem cells when you inject it into a joint or tissue and it heals that tissue. Massive improvements that we've seen over time. But let's be clear, in 30 years, besides that and working with the microbiome, not a lot has impressed me in the longevity field. Not a lot. I mean, a lot of the drugs that they have in that form, not really impressed by any of that stuff. Those things have impressed me because you could watch people get better. This is what we're seeing with TPE. My team has thousands of procedures. We're seeing these people change as we're doing the TPEs. And in medicine, as usual, the worse you are, the more improvement you get. If you're super, super healthy, look at Bryce Johnson, that 
47 year old billionaire who and he was doing it. He's like, I don't know much change. Dude, there's not much to change on you. You're pretty close to where we want you anyway. This TPE is a way of detoxing. And we're, what we're doing is taking a, a, a process that we've not been real successful on and watching these toxic markers bottom out. I mean, we're not talking about just heavy metals, environmental pests. We're talking about organic toxins, the things we haven't been able to get out. We're watching Epstein bottom markers go down, cytomegalovirus down. We've known for a long time that plasma exchange is used for people on their immune system because it not only removes the toxin, but it removes the inflammatory cytokines at the same time. Recently, TPE is probably most well known for treating long COVID. It's able to help these people with long COVID get a breath. It gives their system a pause. It takes off some of the load of the toxin and the fight and gives their body a chance to recalibrate. And it's been a game changer. Wow. I mean, it was such a big deal that it brought you out of retirement. It did. I hate to say that. It wasn't a tough decision for me. You know, I looked at that paper. I said, okay, it's going to take somebody who knows how to market, who's built multiple centers, who can, who's an, a, a researcher and knows how to analyze, who's built a computer system to get this into the market. And I already brought testosterone into the market. I was one of the people responsible for getting it out of the Anti-Steroid Act. There was a bunch of us, but I played my part in that. Not a lot of people I knew had those credentials, what this needs to make its way into longevity medicine. And so that's my goal right now. Yeah, well, you're doing it. And people are going to want to know for TPE, like how many sessions, how long is a session, where do they go to get it? So first let's talk about what TPE is, because I did explain it, but let's give me, let me give you a comparison that your listeners will understand more. It's a lot like a plasma donation, just bigger. So you go into a blood bank, you're going to get plasma, they put an IV in you, they take some blood out, they spin it out, they give you back your cells, and they keep the plasma and they sell that or give that to people in Ukraine. And, you know, the United States is the largest producer of plasma in the world. And we're behind we need more plasma. So the plasma exchange just does it better on a bigger volume. So most people have around six liters of blood in their body, an average adult, both men and women. Half of it in general, or 40% of it in women, is red blood cells. The rest is plasma. So guys have 50, 55%, women have 60, 65% plasma. So that means you got about three liters of plasma in every person. When we do a plasma exchange, we're not taking out 500 like you do in a plasma donation. We're taking out two liters. So we're doing about 70, 75% that we're taking out. We're giving you back albumin to keep your vascular space open. Albumin is just a place marker. You, your body uses it for about a day, day and a half. And then your body makes new plasma, new, fresh, not inflamed, not toxic, not oxidized, fresh plasma. Matter of fact, you can go donate plasma twice a week in the United States government says you can do so. Plasma exchange, we do it once a month in longevity. Why once a month? Well, there are people that get confused because plasma exchange we can also give you plasma as exchange, but that's much more dangerous. And that's actually what Bryce Johnson did because he had a son who was DNA compatible and he took the plasma from his son. That's not what we do in longevity medicine. If the risk is too great. The adverse reaction with plasma exchange of plasma is about 30% and including death as one of them because of transfusion reactions. So we give albumin, which has been around for 50 years, Nobody's ever had any problem of infection because it is human albumin, but it's called scrubbed. I mean, they just literally put it through everything. It's only protein. It's never been associated with any transmission of any disease or any process. And we're giving this albumin as a space holder to your body makes your own. So people come to my office. We check, poke their finger to see what their hematocrit is. We, count, we put them on the scale to see how much they weigh. 
And then we put an IV in them, and the machine goes out, goes through the machine with the blood, it separates it, and we give them back their albumin that goes back into them. They're there for about an hour and a half, two hours on the machine, because it's usually about two hours to do the plasma exchange. They do fine. There are very few issues that people run into. We make sure they eat before they get on the machine, because I'm taking 70% of your plasma, which is 70% of your blood sugar in your blood. So if you eat beforehand, you're not going to have a problem. Because one of the things we see with people don't eat is they get hypoglycemic, so they get you know sweaty and confused. We also can see some hypo low calcium because we use a very mild anticoagulant called citrate to just keep it in the tubes of the machine from getting blood all gunked up and clotted. And then we give you calcium when it comes back into you, so it neutralizes it. And then volume exchanges. Sometimes people just get a little low blood pressure, and we have to give them a little bit of saline, but. Another important thing for people to understand about plasma exchange is the blood never touches the machine. It goes through all these tubes and then back into you. And then when we're done, we take out the cassette, throw it away, put a new cassette in because people are like, oh, am I going to get somebody else's blood? Impossible. Absolutely impossible. Matter of fact, any given time, the amount of blood that's outside of your body is less than a quarter of a cup of blood. It's a very small amount. It's just we're doing it over a period of time. So that's what a plasma exchange does. Who benefits from it? I did it three times, and I'm a healthy guy, relatively. I had atrazine, I had lead, I had mercury, and I had one of the pesticides. Three treatments later, I retested them, they're all gone. I've never seen, ever, I don't know about you, but I've never seen toxicities disappear like this. I mean, it's just yeah. like, holy that crap. Quickly. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you said once a month for a few sessions? Is that what you recommend? Uh, well, so how many number of sessions? Well, it depends yeah. on how sick you are. So on the website, you find one guy, uh, he's a technology officer at a very large software company, came in because he knew a, a, a researcher, my friend. He goes, I'm really healthy. He goes, matter of fact, I'm 67. Nobody knows as much about longevity as I do. And he, he meant that. I mean, he really studied this stuff. And then we started talking, he goes, oh, wow, you do really know this stuff. Don't just say, yeah, I, I know this stuff. He goes, I just want to do one treatment. Just one. I said, fine, no problem. Very low risk profile. You know, it's about the same as getting an eye. We go through all the different things. I want people to be well informed. So he came in that day. We did the procedure. Lab. Two days later, he sent me a video that we have up on YouTube, which he's like, hey, I got to tell everybody, I'm a healthy guy. My memory was sharper. My taste was better. My sleep was better. My energy goes, I'm going to do this every year. And him and I had talked since about maybe you need it, maybe you don't. Let's figure out what we can do to keep your blood clean because. You may not need to do it routinely. What I'm suspecting is once we get you cleaned out, maybe we can just send you for plasma donations. And that's enough off the top. Plus you're giving what we need. So there's a lot of play in that area. But yeah. if you're a sick person, I've had people go through 10. But within the first couple, they're like, I feel good. Well, I've not very often seen 90% of patients tell me they feel better after a procedure, except for testosterone, stem cells, peptides, and to some degree, the uh, microbiome. This has been really changing. Mm -hmm. People can go on the website, they can go on YouTube. And one of the videos, my favorite one, is this 63-year-old guy who's been a patient of mine for 20 years, came in because he was tired at the age of 43. We knew he was toxic. He is in the NASCAR racing business, and he's in the pits. So he had everything. I mean, literally every heavy metal, every plastic, every petroleum product. I can't get him out. And we tried, and we tried, and we tried. And when I got back into business, he, you know, he looked me up and called me. I said, yeah, come on, let's do this. 
after his first one, this is a guy who wakes up at every morning with his legs hurting, his knees hurting, his ankles hurting. He has a house in Kentucky that's 63 steps above the river. He can't go down the 63 steps without stopping two to three times on the way down, two to three times on the way up. He called me afterwards a couple of days and he was just so excited. I'm like, Harry, slow down. What's going on? He goes, I just went to the house at Kentucky. I went up and down the stairs five times, up and down five times. I went out on the jet skis. I went out with my grandkids. I haven't done that for years. I beat the hell out of myself on the jet ski. And then I woke up the next morning. Dr. Savage, I feel good. I feel good. He goes, I'm not, because he used to, that would just toast him before. This is stuff people are telling you, which is why I'm like, wow, I got to get this thing out for people. So the cost, you know, in the West Coast is $10,000 per procedure. But I've lowered the cost. I've included nutrient IVs. I've included detox shapes. I've included the, all the labs plus five procedures. So we're getting it. Done. And if you want just one procedure, it's $5,000. If you want five procedures with all the bells and whistles and IVs and labs, $3,500. Still, much less than the West Coast because I want to give people this opportunity. We work with our clients on a financial basis. because I want to get this out to people. Mm. So we have the ability to... But basically what I'm doing is say, okay, if you need a package of five, you're going to do this package $35,000, half down now, pay me one twelfth of it every month for the next 12 months. It's important. This is huge. I love that. I love it. And I'm going to give at the end of the conversation, people resources and where to go and next steps for people that are interested. I will be one of your next clients for sure. I want to try this myself. Let's do this and document it for your listeners because you're a healthy guy and you're going to see changes. And if that, you know, you know, you and I are the same way. It's like healthy people, the change is a lot less because you're on that yeah. dose response curve. The listeners may not know dose response curve medicine is real because it's the way it happens down when you're in the bottom. All the changes we do suddenly may see big changes, but as you get up towards top, the changes become less and less. And you and I are up in that upper part, but it's amazing what I felt different and then was changed. Yeah. And like we said earlier in the conversation, there's not one of us that's unscathed with things we're exposed to. I mean, it's a matter of how much and which kind of these environmental toxins. So it's about, as we said, prevention, prevention, prevention. What can we do? So even if you're not going through something red alert, we're still living in a modern world and we need to be mindful of these things. One of the things we offer patients is just the biomarkers. I mean, we're doing all the toxicity biomarkers. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of them. So we can assess for you, how relevant will this be for you? And it yeah. also is helpful for people because then after the procedure, they do it again and they see the changes in things. And you can't tell me that dropping your mercury level, your lead level, your pesticides, all these plastics, which are all these endocrine transmitter products, that's not good for you. Well, and as most doctors will tell you, I'm a bad patient. And I'll tell my patients that like, I'm, I need to be led by an expert like yourself. You know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. I, at the end of every episode, I want to pick your brain on a few different things. This is Dr. Paul Savage's Art of Being Well. First question is simply, if you had to pick coffee or tea, what would you pick? Which I prefer or which is better for me? <laughs> Let's do both. I'm curious about both now. I like coffee. I've been a coffee guy my whole life. And I do allow myself a cup of coffee, a 12 ounce cup of coffee, no additives, no sugar, no cream a day. But it's a good cup of coffee. So I'm going to go. There's places in Chicago, there are places that you can get some pretty good coffee mixes. But you have to be careful where you buy them, have to be free of mold, free of toxins. I'm, I'm real big on the new Rise and the new other companies out there that make a cup of coffee that's phenomenal that is 
organic fruit. As a doctor, I'm going to tell you green tea. It has the caffeine that the coffee has, plus it has all the antioxidants, plus it doesn't have the possibility of all the mold and toxins. As a doctor, I'll tell you green tea. Personally, when you take me out, I'll be ordering my cup of coffee. Do you have a favorite green tea from a health standpoint? Like, is it matcha? Is it sencha? Do you care? Or are they all good? Again, I don't, I don't drink green tea. <laughs> <laughs> that, but I would say my client, matcha is, is a really strong and good in the anti-inflammatory part. <laughs> Again, another example of maybe not the best patients in this way. So I tell my patients all the time, I mean, if you want to know how to quit smoking, ask me. How to quit drinking, ask me. How to get your sleep, how to lose weight. I mean, ask me. All the stuff we incorporate in our centers. I've done it. And I've done it on me first before I do it on the people. I actually went and had this procedure done and watched things change before I said, okay, this is what I thought it was. Yeah, I love it. And look, I love coffee too. I'm not above it. So what is, what's a free or low cost wellness tool that you feel is people are sleeping on? Like they don't realize how amazing this low cost or free wellness tool or product is. So, well, as your listeners already know, I had a problem with alcohol, with smoking. I came from an Irish family, very alcoholic, very dysfunctional. When I got sober, my first sponsor told me, he goes, no, you're a computer guy, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, uh, let me tell you real simple here. You don't have a hardware problem. You have a software problem. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're living life on the wrong rules. I said, give me an example. He goes, you take everything personally. Nothing is personal. I had to grab my head around that one for a while because I just lost a million plus dollar company, my business partner, as it was stolen. This was taken from me. And I was, it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. So in the last 20 years, I've written down my 20 rules of living. Number four is don't take it personally. Number two is daily gratitude list. I can't tell how many people I've transformed their life just by doing it. It doesn't cost you a thing. It doesn't cost you a dime. Get up in the morning, after you get up a little bit, have your cup of coffee, have your green tea, sit and speak out loud to yourself where you can, the 10 things that you're grateful for. I'm grateful for being here with you today. That's going to be on my list tomorrow because we just told a lot of people things that would change your life. There's this, I mean, and my health, I'm grateful for. This opportunity to expand medicine, to start talking about proactive healthcare, taking active control. Because your health isn't guaranteed. Matter of fact, if you don't work on it, you'll lose it. And that's I think, the problem that most Americans have. They just assume they're going to always be healthy. And the answer is, if you're not working at being healthy, you're working at being sick. Wise words, my friend. This has been a rich conversation. I knew it would be, but I, it's been an honor to talk with you. I want to give people a special link for everybody. That free patient guidebook. We'll put this in the show notes too. I'm going to say it verbally for everybody driving right now to at least hear it. It's plasmaexchangeguide.mdlifespan.com slash Dr. Will Cole. Go back and listen to that. We'll put it in the show notes. You can click it and you're going to get a free guide. Talk about all the benefits and the procedure details of what we talked about with the TPE, which I will be doing. My friend, where, where do people go? Other than that URL, where do people go to learn more about your work? Well, I mean, our website is probably the best place which is MD Lifespan. That's MD, like medical doctor, lifespan.com. Trust me, we had a real argument with going with Healthspan, but we, we ended up going with mdlifespan.com, our YouTube channel. I'm really a fan of our YouTube channel because we put out a lot of good informational videos for people. Those will cost them a dime. There's things that you can do to help improve your longevity. Longevity programs are doable for everybody. There's not a single person that can't do a longevity program. 
And there are some things like TP, which are financially out of the reach of some people, but that doesn't mean there's not a ton of stuff that you can do other than that. And my goal has been to make this more and more affordable to everyone who wants to do it because you can spend your money on what you want to do. I recommend that you spend your money on your health because when you're healthy, you have the opportunity to have more wonderful moments in life. And when you lose your health, it's really hard to find that peace, find that gratitude, find that happiness. Dr. Savage, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Will. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.